0: Well, hello, everyone. This is Monica Goh. I'm so excited to be connected with you all, wherever you are in the world. And I know that many countries are listening and starting to view our programs in YouTube as well. And I have, wow, a delightful woman that I got, that I really know that you guys are going to enjoy. And I want to roll it out in a Spanish mode. Her her name is Dr. Larusia. And she is a power woman. She has come from grief out to success. She has been tested in so many areas. And even though she is very, very successful at this point with her trainings, but she's also a coach. She's a life coach. Life in itself will bring so many teachings when you connect with this woman. And I know that you will be delighted in having her part of of your following when you follow her through Instagram and Facebook and all of her media that we will have that for you. But I just want to welcome her. Thank God for her life. Her testimony is powerful. And uh, we're friends. She's on the other side of the country. She is in Marietta, California, and I'm here in Florida. So we're ganging up together to glorify the Lord and just bring you all together to just enjoy the Monica Go podcast,
1: Dr. LaRusia. Welcome aboard, my friend. Thank you for having me, Monica. I, I love and I am so excited to be a part of your show. You know, I, when you started talking to me and in, in, in introducing me, I said, who is she talking about? Who is this fabulous lady? So I thank, thank you. you so much, woman of God, for having me on your beautiful platform.
0: It's my honor and my pleasure to have you. And um, having met you uh, in in London, it's just a beautiful thing because we've been touching bases and we've been chatting. And you know, we get to know each other. We get to uh, open up a bit more with our friendships. And not only that, to learn from one another. I yeah. am a learner. And I, I think more than being a leader, even though I lead people, yes, I do. I'm an influencer, but at the same time, I am a learner. And if yeah. you want that learning, you have to open your ears. And today I want to open my ears because I know that many people will learn from you and know how to be resilient and powerful as you are. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your background, your, the woman that started all these uh, coaching things what took you what has gone in your life it's all yours it's this program is yours
1: well what started my journey is I had lost uh, my daughter many years ago and after from that I had suffered loss after loss due to her death I ended up having cancer and I didn't know that I had cancer until I had ended up Pregnant again. And my son died from that. He was eating the infection. So, from that, um, my mother died. It was just loss and trauma. And once I started my inner healing, I got reconnected back with God like I was supposed to be, Um, gave him a yes, gave him my life. And I was like, God, what is my purpose? I've been through all of this loss, you know all of this pain, all of this hurt. And I know that you want to take my test and turn it into a testimony. What would you have me to do? And that's when I became a grief and loss coach. A grief and, and loss coach. Yes. And therapist. And so I said, okay, he took my, why did it happen? And, and I turned it to what would you have for me to do? Hmm. I, instead of blaming God for what took place and what all the law says, I said, what do you want from me? What do you want me to tell your people? What do you want them to know? How do you want me to, how do you want me to live out the rest of my life? And it was all about legacy. It was all about bringing him glory. It was all about helping others to heal from the residual effects and effects of life traumas and rapes and molestations, all the things that they have gone through that I have gone through myself because some people are unaware that grief is one thing, but loss is another and a loss can be a rape, it could be a molestation, it could be domestic violence, it could be anything. And so I have experienced those things too as well.
0: Would you give and me so- again, would you give us again that difference between grief and lost?
1: Yes, grief, a lot of people, they equate those two as the same. A loss can trigger a grief, grief re- response or grief reaction, but a loss can be anything. It could be um, an abortion. It could be a miscarriage. It can be um, a rape. It can be you losing your family home, uh, a loved one going to jail. Mm. Uh, it can be a pet passing away. Mm. It could be um, you losing your job or your health is declining. A loss is a loss but it triggers a grief response. And so when we look at grief, we just think of a person passing and say, okay, that's it. But people are walking around every single day, carrying losses and they're grieving and we're unaware of it because, or we don't acknowledge it because it's not a person. It may be a thing. Wow.
0: So many many of us could be walking right now with grief and we don't even know yes how do you you know that how do you know that you're walking with grief give us a a precise example so i could really get it and, and all our people that are listening and watching will understand what grief is
1: when you look at it i'm gonna give you an example of just something i went through when i when we lost our i moved out of my family's home And in the process of moving out of our family home, my grandfather built it and my grandmother sold it. And she wanted to live somewhere else. That was our history. That was our legacy. That was everything. I cried like somebody died because my grandfather built it. All of our Christmases, all of everything was there. And now I have no home. So people, they don't realize that if you move out of your home, if you move out of your community, If you lose a job, if a friend moves away and that affects you in some type of way, Hmm. that is a loss. And if if you're crying or if you're going through sadness, numbness, anxiety, any of those things, those are grief responses and you're grieving. Wow. Wow. How
0: many people need that today? How many people are going through that and... I think it's probably one of the hardest things because sometimes you just have to get up and go, get up and go, and you don't have the time to cry it. You don't have the time to take it out. When do you know that you're healed of that?
1: When, it, when you can look at it and you're no longer crying and it is from a place of not suppressing or compartmentalizing, but you can look at it and say, okay, I understand why. I understand why this happened to me, and I understand the purpose behind it. And when you can look at it from a place of um, restoration and legacy and moving forward in that way, you're healed. Oh, wow. Okay. You're healed. Because a lot of us that go through grief, we're still on the cycle. So we have those holiday griefs, and we have those secondary losses. It's not the initial loss of a person that we're grieving. It's all the things that we'll never be able to do again. with that. So we're grieving all of those things too. So when we can look and say, "No, they're not here," but they would want me to live on. No, they're not here, but they died of cancer. So I'm gonna be a part of the, you know, uh, the cancer program, or um, I'm gonna do something in the AIDS and HIV community, or I'm gonna, um, being that this is uh, SIDS and child loss awareness month, I'm gonna do something in that area. That's when you know that you're healed because you understand purpose.
0: How beautiful is that? You had to go through a lot, and just losing your children, being sick, your children dying. You you were probably the most expectant woman, like all of us that have normal, good you know good relationships that want to have babies. You're expecting, yes. and you go through that um, immense hurt it is crazy it is too much to 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 go through so what happened then in your life when you lost all that when you went through cancer because people might people are listening today in over 90 countries and there must be somebody out there that's going through something that will relate to you uh dr larousse that i'm telling you that today is going to be a breakthrough day for someone, somewhere. And uh, today, this platform is going to be, you know, your power platform. Because I know, I know that I know that, that grief and, and that sadness and that loss that many people today have been, uh, it could it make them, it could make them lose their mind or not. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. For me, I didn't deal with it. I compartmentalized it. I just went through life. I I I did everything but face it and I forgot about it. I realized I was mad at God, I was mad at everybody, I was mad at my dad who's a pastor. I hear, you know, I hear about Jesus all the time and the great things that he could do, but why he didn't why he didn't protect me, why he didn't keep my daughter here. Why did I get cancer? I had all these questions and no answers. I was mad at the world. And I remember Um, Even after I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I was preaching the gospel, it hit me, you are angry with God. You're angry. And I said, how can I be angry and I love him? And I started thinking, I don't trust him. I don't trust him with all that's within me. I'm mad because the one thing I wanted, which was my daughter, I have three sons, I have no girls. I said, and you took her. I had to be honest with myself. I had to stop and just tell him the truth. He already knew. He already knew how I felt. So I had to come to him in that brokenness and say, yes, I love you, but I'm mad at you. Yes, I love you, but I don't understand. How could you do this to me? My life was wrapped up in her. And so you took that from me. And I had to first identify that there was a problem. And what I was doing was I was venting. Every May I would shut down. I would be in the bed. Uh, holidays would come up and those are the um, grief triggers. So I had to identify that there was a problem. And then after identifying what it is, I had to accept that there was something wrong. And once I accepted and I couldn't change it, I had to choose to forgive God and myself. I blame myself. I was mad at myself and I, you know, and I had to forgive others and I had to stop blaming. I had to stop blaming, but I had to choose to live. I had to choose to be free. And that was something I had to say out of my mouth. And I had to make the devil out of a liar and let him know that I'm not going to survive this. I'm going to thrive. I'm going to allow God to use this as a testimony to bring him glory that what people thought i would never be able to overcome has become the greatest testimony that god has given me to help bring healing wholeness and transformation to others and i'm so grateful to have been her mother but i'm grateful that god used me to help others but even in my hurt and the pain that i felt he still used me to bring him glory and so today i'm grateful so if they if, if we're willing to take off the mask and go to God and be real and say, I'm mad at you. I lost everything. I lost my husband. I lost my kids. I lost whatever. I'm mad. And when you could come to him naked, just like Adam and Eve, they was in the garden naked and unashamed. When you could come to him naked and unashamed and be transparent, do you not know that it's the beginning of your healing process? Because wherever you are in your life, he will meet you there. It doesn't matter. He loves you in every state, in every condition. And he will heal your broken heart. He will bind up your wounds. He will set you free. I had anxiety. I had sleep problems. I had gastrointestinal problems. Um, I was angry at the world. But when I gave God my life, when I said, okay, I'm tired of sitting at the grave of my daughter watching life go by, that's when not only did he restore me, but he healed me physically. And I don't have those ailments anymore. Oh, my God.
0: I'm telling you that this is a heavy moment, very heavy moment, because you could question yourself and yes. just to recognize that because life has been so hard you could be mad with God and that you could yes. just hate him or flee and i understand people that don't even go to church and because of yeah. that you know so many people have gone away from God because they had they have not received what they wanted in the way that they wanted it but really do we really know what what is good for us and why no. God takes our 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 trash and, or our weaknesses to treasure. And I could relate so much to that. I could relate to what you're saying. And um, I respect you for that highly, highly, because in, in the midst of everything, when we go through those hardships and you see things keep on going, you come to realize that all of these things are bringing something to our lives. You choose what you want to receive. But there's a key there that you said that was very important. I stopped, I stopped uh, accusing someone else for what I was feeling. And when you're responsible of your own situations, you, you get to the point to say, okay, I need to fix this. I need to take all this garbage off of me. I need to be naked under God. Because he's the only one that's going to be able to take me out of this. Yes. I know. I I, I kind of like. I was in that situation once, but really, uh, I feel that that in depth of your words, that that profoundness of your words, that's incredible. Give mm-hmm. us more details in reference to what else have you been able to get out of grief, or what have you fought in that has been hard? Because. Your testimony is one thing on top of the other. And, um, and many have to relate to a person like you to coach them out of that mm-hmm. place. So give us more. Give us more of that jewels. You're, you're bringing out jewels out of your mouth that we need to, to bring them into our hearts.
1: One of the things I tell people, because I, you know, I give them assessment tests so they can see, because a lot of times people are unaware That they're grieving so i want to make it very clear so they can see it Um, and once they do one of the things that we talk about is automatic responses just don't go by the first thing that comes to your head do not do that Um, when holiday comes around things like that we tend to um, vent shut down withdraw um, drink too much eat too much whatever our coping mechanism is and i said So instead of doing that, let's put some preventative things in place. What can we do in advance so that when these grief triggers come, you know exactly what to do? So I teach um, deep breathing. I teach them how to um, talk about it, whether it's by journaling, um, painting, which is writing therapy, painting therapy, exercise, whatever. Put a voice to it. Don't let it fester. Don't allow, if you want to lay down, stand up. If you want to stand up, run. So I try to give them things that are actionable for them to do, but also lean into the pain. We never want to lean into the pain, stand in the pain. How are you going to come out on the other side? Mm. So I tell my clients, I said, when God allows that to come up and he starts dealing with you in that area, It's an anointing there for you to to talk about it. It's an anointing there for healing. It's an anointing there for your breakthrough. But what we try to do, we'll try to have sex, drink, do drugs, whatever it is to cope. And I said, I don't care what you put in that place. Only God can heal you in that place. So one of the things I try to do, because a lot of them are mad at God is get them back into vertical alignment. Because the Bible says, love thy neighbor as thyself." Mm-hmm. So if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not good to yourself, how can you love somebody else? Exactly. So getting them back, understanding who they are and who's there. When you can make that connection with them. And then we talk about self-care and self-love. Because if self-care and self-love was having a conversation and self-care said, I mean, self-love said, I love myself. Self-care was to prove So when people say, I love myself, but I don't take care of myself, you don't love yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't. Because it will require you to take care of yourself. So I look at um, that on the wellness wheel of 10 dimensions. And I tell them, look at the areas of your life where you are off kilter. Or you may not, you be, you're weak in those areas. So if you're weak in one, you're weak in all, because all of them are connected. So I help them to deal with all of them as a whole person, and not just bits and pieces. Because wow. God didn't create us bits and pieces. He created us as whole beings. So that's things that I do, but I walk them through the process. I let them know that the emotions are real. It's okay. Don't suppress them. but don't vent don't you don't have to vent there's a way to talk about it and i know you're hurting but it's a way to put a voice to it because we're going to grieve in a healthy way we want to grieve in the way that the bible tells us to because we have a hope we don't grieve as if we have no hope we have a hope and so those are things that i talk to them about i talk about eating what foods are good for you but foods are not good for you. Sugar is not your friend when you're grieving. Uh, flour is not your friend when you're grieving. Uh, Soldiers are not your friend when you're grieving because it makes you more tired. You want to eat foods that because food is fuel. Exactly. So you want to give fuel to your body. And I look at how much water um, they drink because a lot of times they don't want to drink water. When they're grieving, so I look at the overall picture.
0: Picture, but you said something that really catch my attention. You said when a person dreams too much, mm. why would that be?
1: A lot of people they dream about their um loved one, and they stay in that sleep state because that's their connection with the dead. They they're grieving that person so heavily that they would rather stay sleep and be depressed. Mm-hmm. And dream about that person. And what they don't realize is they're open they're, they're opening themselves up for all kinds of things to take care, come in naturally as well as spiritually to come in. And I tell people, I said that right there, when you get to that place where you're dreaming about them and and, and going through all of that, is that's the next step called complicated grief. Mm-hmm. And when you get to complicated grief or disenfranchised grief, you're a step away from a mental illness. Oh. And oh. so what we want to do is deal with this because the doctors in the um, clinically, if you grieve past seven days, they want to put you on Ritlin and Prozac. Seven days after your loved one died, they want to put you on Prozac or Ritlin. And that's, that's, that's good yeah. No, no, no. I told them, I said, no, the person just died. You haven't even... You have, you have to to still the person. You, you're still numb. Exactly. So but if you've been grieving for five years and you're grieving as if the person just died, now you have complicated grief, a disenfranchised grief. And what they're going to do is label you as clinically depressed. Wow. And you will. And a lot of people, they develop anxiety and all these other different things. We have suicidal tendencies and whatnot because now... They have tapped into a mental disease, a mental disorder. Oh God! And so it lead, it can lead to so many things mentally, physically, emotionally. It I've seen people oh, marriages fall apart because people grieve differently. So if I'm uh, crying and you're not, I'm mad at you because you're not crying. Maybe you I think you're happy that that person is deceased. So it puts a wedge there, and that's how. It's a high um, affair rate when someone dies I got people want that that touch. They want to be heard. They want to be seen. And if you're looking at your spouse like you're not grieving like I'm grieving, but this person over here understands me, uh-huh. I'm over there. Exactly. And now, give the-
0: us three three keys for someone that probably thinks that they're grieving or they're going in through that loss process. Three keys to prevent. Three or four keys that you would bring right right into it that would prevent someone to lose it, lose their mind through the process. The
1: first thing is, and this may sound very interesting for me to say, like exhale. What? first. Exhale. Exhale? Exhale. Like yeah. breathe. There's a breathing technique that I teach that helps you to relieve that stress. And that anxiety, and you're not overthinking. It's just all you're doing is pulling the breath in your nose, letting it sit in your stomach, and letting it come out your mouth. That's all you're doing. You do it like five times, but there's a posture to it. So exhale, breathe. The next one is journal. Journal. Journal, 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 and journal some more. I if you don't like the journal, all of my life, I love it. Talk to somebody. If you don't want to journal, Talk to somebody, but don't get a yes person. Talk to somebody that's going to hold you accountable. Mm. It's a mentor, pastor, coach, friend. Get someone that will hold you accountable. And then the next one is, now this one, I tell people all the time, don't use any, um, what do you want to call it? Like alcohol and things of that nature. Because a lot of people take sleep aids and they're taking all of these things, so they're not clear. Mm -hmm. Get off of that. What you want to do if you want, if you can't sleep, get some essential oils, things of that nature, because a lot of people are hurting because they're not sleeping. A lot of people are going through things because they're not getting enough rest. So Mm -hmm. the key is proper rest, proper nutrition will ease some of the grief, stress, and pain that you have. But if you're eating Twinkies, if you're eating junk food, if you're overthinking, If you stand up all night talking about I wish you were here and why are you not here? What you're doing is causing yourself more harm than good. And that's how I ended up getting cancer. I suppressed everything. I was angry about everything. The next thing I know, again, my son died from eating the infection. And then I was told I would never have any more children. And
0: thank God you have three beautiful men.
1: And I have three beautiful men, thank God.
0: <laughs> thank I God. It. I love it. I have three men too. Yes, so. you do. And they are very
1: handsome too. <laughs> yes.
0: Power women. Uh, Dr. LaRouche, it's it's so beautiful to hear someone that will bring up something. But I, I really admire something that you just uh, talked to me before we even started recording the Monica Go podcast. You said that recently your ex-spouse, died yes you were divorced from this person could you tell us a little bit about that story because um when you're divorced you're divorced and when things happen happen but what happened these couple of days this was last week that yes man passed away
1: yes um well he passed away last week it was a 13 year process um 13 years ago he found out that he had kidney cancer And in that he had to get his kidney taken out. And we went through that process. And from that, um, he just slowly declined over the years. And about three weeks ago, I think it was like three weeks ago, let me backtrack. It got so bad that he was on a walker. He could not walk. Mm -hmm. Um, He was using um, adult Pampers. Um, He was going to dialysis three times so I bathed him. I changed him. I did everything for him. And we were getting ready to watch Big Brother. i never forget. Cause I just made him some food. And I was like, I'm gonna watch Big Brother with you. He went in the bathroom. He said, can you put my chair in the bathroom? You have to use the chair to help him go to the bathroom. He said, I have a headache. That's really bad. Give me some pills. I gave him some pills and he started vomiting everywhere. He was just complaining, his head was hurting. And eventually his words became slurred and I called the paramedics. And when I called the hospital later on, they told me he had a brain. And he was in a, um, they put him in a coma. So when I saw him, he had a tube coming out of his head and tubes coming out of his body. And they asked me, who are you? And I told him, and he had me as the person to make all of his medical decisions. So I was there every day making sure that everything went like it was supposed to. The doctor looked at me one day and said to me, if he doesn't get better, I want you to take him off the ventilator because it's gonna to be too much for you to deal with because he might be in a vegetated state. And I told the doctor, I said, you can't make a call for me on what's best for me. Only I know me and I'm gonna do what's best. So his blood pressure was fluctuating. Earlier this year, he ended up having a heart attack. He has five stents in his heart. And he ended up waking up. He woke up, he was responsive. I said, hey, I love you. I said, do you understand? And he let me know he understood. I said, do you love me? He was like, yes. And I was like, good. And I looked at him, and I told him, I said, if you want to go home to be with the Lord, go home. I'll be okay. I said, but if you want to stay and you want to fight, I'll be here every day. And I'll fight for you and fight with you and advocate for you to make sure that you're okay. I said, so it's your choice, what you choose to do. Two days later, I got a phone call after I was studying to, um, you know, prepare for my sermon on that Sunday. I got a phone call saying, hey, he has septus. The thing in his head was enlarging to the part where it was about to hemorrhage, And I said, I'm on my way. The doctor said, take your time. Don't rush. I live seven minutes away from the hospital. And I walked in the hospital. And all I could do was quote scriptures. I said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I start quoting scriptures. I think they were waiting for me to act out because we tend to be emotional. And so when I got there, they said, do you know? I told him everything the doctor told me. I looked at him. I came in with my everyday thing I do. Hi, it's me, Russia. I told him the day, date and time. And I looked at him and I looked at the monitor used to be a nurse. Blood pressure was gone. I knew. My sister comes in, she's an ICU nurse. I said, tell me, you tell me what's going on. If you tell me, I'll believe you. And she said, the monitors are keeping him alive. I said, okay. I think
0: that that you kept him alive because even though you guys were not leaving, you guys were divorced. Mm -hmm. I understand, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And you took that, that, over yourself to keep on taking care of him and that talked a lot about you talks Mm -hmm. so much about you because Mm -hmm. uh, things happen in in marriages unfortunately and when women are hurt and they back and take care of the person that hurt you wow that is that is so beautiful that comes out of a heart that that is really sincere unique and clear to the point and that is the type of heart that you have my dear i i am i am admired uh, amazed of the greatness of what god has done in your life i think that you are definitely that grieving coach that many 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 people need so they could really get out of that darkness you have the authority to do so and the greatness of God almighty in you to be able to bring others to that clarity. I want to thank you so much, so much, my dear friend for being part of, of the Monica go podcast, that this is your platform whenever you want to come on. Uh, I'm very, I'm an advocate of mental health uh, for many because I've seen how people have been struggling, especially in, in these in these last years and uh mm-hmm. we need people like you all all of us we need people like you so my dear mm-hmm. friend if you want to please give give the audience of monica go that inspiring closing moment that you want to close it up like a woman of god that you are and it's all you
1: i just want to say to the to the listening audience that No matter where you're at in life, no matter your losses, no matter your hurt, your pain, your trauma, understand that you can and you will recover all. You will recover all. You know why? Because the greater one lives inside of you. And all you have to do is be willing to go to him and tell him all about it. I love the woman with the issue of blood because she didn't let her issue stop her. Even though she had an issue of love at 25 years. And it was illegal for her to touch him. It was illegal for her to be around him and anyone else. But she said within herself if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. You have to make up your mind that no matter the obstacle, no matter the search, the situation or circumstance, that you're going to get to the lover of your soul. And you are going to get in that place with him where he can heal you could deliver you he can set you free he can make you whole he can break the addiction he can take away the pain he can love you in a way that no man has ever loved you you don't have to sell your body you don't have to do all of those things because he is there to heal you to love you and to make you whole and she did just that god what i love about jesus he turned around Because she was healed when she touched him. But he turned around and looked for her. And she told him all the truth. And he made her whole. You have to be willing. In the face of adversity. In the face of pain. To tell your truth. And in by doing He will make you whole. I love you. And I'm praying with you. And I'm praying for you. Because if God can do it for me. I know he can do it for you. Your best is yet to come. Can I just be honest with you? Your best is now. But you have to make a choice the decision that I choose to live, that I shall not die, but I shall live to declare the works of the Lord. And when you do that, God will take your test and make it a testimony, and you will bring him glory. And other women and people that are going through, you'll be able to bring healing, wholeness, and restoration to them. What you're going through is not about you. Mm -hmm. It's so that you can help others. And I'm a living witness. Again, I love you, and I'm praying for you. Yeah! Woo!
0: Bravo. Yes. That's what we need. Yes. I send you a virtual hug, my dear. Yes.
1: Like one of those
0: that uh, breaks yes. all of you. <laughs> yes. 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 And that's yes. the hug that we send you all of our precious friends from the Monica Go podcast. This is the quality of people that I want you to listen to people that will inspire you, people that have a testimony, people that have something to bring to the table, you know, because the Monica Go podcast is going back to basics and going back to basics. It will always be going back to God. So my friends, wherever you are around the world, remember, give it a go because God already gave a go for you. Blessings wherever you are.